Joining us right now is MLB.com's very fine writer. He lives in the Houston, Texas area, and that is our friend Richard Justice. Richard, how are you, my friend? No, no, no. How are you guys? <laughs> we are we are fine. Well, well, let me ask you this. What do you got for me today? Um, what do you got? I like that. Now, is uh, which is more topic of conversation today, Orioles or Nationals? It's Orioles, right? This is an Orioles show. Yeah, well, uh, we're actually talking some Hall of Fame stuff today uh, because uh, we just Hall had Harold Fame. we just had Harold Baines uh, a taped interview that Glenn Clark did with him yesterday and we were talking a little mm-hmm. bit about Harold Baines. I love Harold. So you, it seemed so, like it seemed like every year the Orioles tried to get him, yep. and we would always have all these trade rumors. And then one year they did get him. You know, um, somebody wrote something great this week about the vitriol after Harold got in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, was so over the top, and I think it just seems like it's the era in which we live. Yep, people just want to look for a reason to be mad about something. Look, Harold, Harold had a great career. Now, should he belong in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I know this. Of the four guys that these committees have put in the last two years, Trammell, Morris, Lee Smith, and Harold, I voted for three of them regularly. In mm-hmm. fact, it was so bad with Alan Trammell that every time I'd see him, I, I'd want to apologize. I mean, <laughs> on three of the four, we got it wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Harold had a great career, and there's nobody that knows Harold or watch Harold play, or looked at Harold's numbers, and can say anything other than this was a really good baseball player. And it's not the end of the world that Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame. Well, let me ask you this. Did you happen to see the interview with Mad Dog Russo? I did. And, I was standing and, about 20 feet away. All right. And I, Tony basically took him to task on it. Yeah. Um you know, Tony was not right, and certainly in that, I don't know that Mad Dog buys all the inside data. Mm-hmm. He just, I, he actually has a good way, he likes to go through a player's career and go, how many Hall of Fame seasons did a guy have? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good way to look at it. That's mm-hmm. a different way to look at it. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, Tony knows, the. I think... You know, Tony and Jerry Reinsdorf were both on that committee. Who else was on that committee? There were a couple of players. Andy, Andy McPhail, Andy McPhail, oh, Pat Gillick, Pat McPhail. Gillick, Pat, Pat Gillick. Yeah, exactly. And see, they know the kind of man the guy was. Mm-hmm. They know contributor. And whether you believe in clutch stats or not, I mean, Harold was kind of a, if you were the opposing team, Harold was a nightmare with men on base. Yeah. And I, I know that modern data doesn't support that. I, I'd never voted for Harold for the Hall of Fame, but I'm fine with Harold sitting. You know, it comes yep. down to Sunday afternoon in Cooperstown. You look up on that stage, and there's Koufax and um, Willie Mays. Frank Robinson, does Harold belong up there in, in that club? I have no problem with that. I mean, yep. there are different, you know, there are different degrees of, of Hall of Famer. Frank Robinson's on one end of the scale. And there are others on the other end of the scale. Everybody's not going to be Frank Robinson. That doesn't mean Frank should be the only player in the Hall of Fame. Richard, let me ask you this. The the committee now it used to be called the Veterans Committee. What's it called now? The New Era? New Era, t- New Era well, Committee or Today's it's a different Era? One. Yeah. It's a different one every, I think it rotates like three every three years. So, for right. instance, Steinbrenner 
which is part of that committee, he can't. He de- he doesn't. He w- he won't come up again until twenty twenty one. Okay. So here's my question about that. Would you be in favor? And I know you can out committee yourself to death, but you remember <laughs> the TV show Cold Case, right? Uh, a cold case committee to go back and study people like Tony Oliva, Don Mattingly. In other words, my fear is the guys that are going to get in from this today committee are going to be the guys that were most recent. And there's a whole bevy of people that are kind of forgotten. uh, Well, no, three committees are supposed to take care of that as different eras. Okay. So theoretically it would be covered on that. Are okay. you a Tony? Are you a Tony Oliva belongs in? Uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked at his numbers in so long. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't think maybe I never. I probably never voted when he was on the ballot. Yeah. I don't remember what was his. I don't know what his, his last year on the ballot was. I'm not sure myself. He he his career was shortened a great deal because of terrible knee injuries that he had. But prior to that, he was a. And almost like Roberto Clemente of the American League for about five yeah. or six years. You know, and th- th- everything you said pretty much applies to Mattingly. When he was good, he was better than anybody. Yep. But when he began to tail off, it went off. It, it went down. It went down fast. Um, I just sent my ba- I sent my ballot to that guy that keeps track this morning. I voted for ten. I voted for Bonds and Clemens, mm-hmm. Schilling, and Mucina. Edgar Martinez, that's five. Rivera, six. Roland, seven. Uh, Billy Wagner, eight. Larry Walker, nine. And who am I leaving out? Uh, I don't remember who I'm leaving out. I did I did not vote for my two guys, Lance Berkman and Andy Pettit, but I hope they get enough to stay on the ballot for a while. Well, well, our good friend, our good friend uh, Ken Rosenthal, always looks at me and says before any kind of press conference that we're going to, and he happen- <laughs> and he happens to be there, he'll always say, "Heisty, throw out the first statement." So at least you got one of your guys right on that ballot. <laughs> well, that's where Musina would go, Craig. That's not in the form of a question. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Tony Oliva played from 1962 to 76. Had 1,917 hits, batted 304, 353 on base percentage, led the American League in hits five times, scored 100 runs twice, drove in 100 runs twice. But but How many Hall of Fame? uh, What what was his career OPS? His career OPS was 830. Ooh, that's pretty good. What, uh, what, What did he cop out on the Hall of Fame ballot? I don't know that. Don't have that on the okay. baseball reference page. But he was he was bl- not blindsided. He was killed the last five, four years, four plus years of his career. He had seasons where he drove in one run because he only played 10 games. The next year in 73 came back and drove in 92 runs. But his last three seasons, 57, 58, and 16, crippled by knee injuries. Well, I know one thing you're, I was... You know what you talk about, like going back and revisiting, it's amazing how the things we valued, say, 20 years ago in assessing a player's career, we evaluate different things now. Yeah. yeah. And there are more and better ways to assess a player's career. And it's interesting, the culture war is really exposed at this time of year where some people 
just say, you know, I still believe in RBIs. Uh, I still believe in batting average. Wins for a uh, pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's the best one of all. He, and uh, he had a career uh, war of he had a career war of forty three point one, and his well, numbers. See, that's, uh, and that's his, in the neighborhood. And, I, I mean, I think I think uh, Mike Trout's right about there right now. Yeah, and, and he's just passed maybe just passed a halfway point in his well, career, and, and which Baines, tells you Mike Trout's going to be a top ten player. Right, oh, and no and Baines was thirty seven war. Yeah, so yeah, I, and the, the who's the guy? He's right below a Hall of Famer. Who had like a Sandy Koufax type career, a short career, uh, and explosive numbers, led the league in everything. If mm-hmm. you look on the the list there, yeah. right on the on the WAR career list, so it's it's a good debate. I, I like yeah. it because it keeps people talking about baseball. You know, this week, um, who was it? Dave Dombrowski said, "I think there ought to be a deadline." I love that on, idea. Uh, I love that idea. No, I don't because I think it's good to talk about it all year long. And also the dynamics of free agency have changed. It used to be like if you went into January and you were a player, you panicked. Like, I don't know where my kids are going to be in school. I don't Mm -hmm. know where I'm going to be standing. But now free agency extends regularly into January, and they're going to be guys into February. Let's talk. I like talking. Like, uh, you, yeah. well, you guys need it. For, you need fodder for the talk show. It's no, we can always just call pocket. Richard Justice That's and right. we make it up. We make it up as we go. <laughs> hey, tell me, I mean, wh- you, where do you, you think? You can't have Peter Schmuck on that often. No. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us where you think uh, Bryce Harper's going to end up and where's Manny Machado going to end Los up? An- uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. For Harper. Uh, for Harper and the New York Yankees for Manny Machado. Any possibility Harper comes back to the Nationals? Uh, no, I don't think so. Really? I mean, they offered. Well, I think with the Lerner family, <laughs> they offered him three hundred million dollars, and he acted like I don't want to say he's insulted, but he didn't say, "Hey, you know what? We're on to something there." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's work, true. Let's work from there. You know, I don't know. You've got to emphasize how. Scott Boris negotiates and it, it frustrates people and people get played. You give him a number. The Nationals offered 10 years, 300 million. He doesn't counter it. He doesn't reject it. He doesn't do anything. Right. And what happened for many years, decades was you would, you wanted the guy, you know, in free agency was always partly emotional, satisfying the, t- the ticket buyers, the media, all that stuff. So what the Texas Rangers did is, oh, my God, we don't have him. We're going to have to add another $50 million to the deal. Right. Still no answer from Scott. Well, we're going to have to ask, answer another $100 million to the deal. And he just lets you keep bidding against yourself. He sits there and he sits there and looks at his phone and checks Twitter, and you just keep raising the offer. I mean, it's unbelievable uh, how great the guy is, how he has figured out the art of negotiating. You know, he did his thing with the. He did fifty six minutes with the media at the winter meetings. It was ten deep in front of a Christmas tree. If you just look at the photos, it looked like all these people, hundred or so, are interviewing the, the Christmas tree. And then he did one on ones with everybody. But if you say to Scott, Scott, I'm from Fargo, North Dakota, and or is it South Dakota? No, South it's North Dakota. Dakota. Yeah. Um, and, and you say um, our team there in Fargo, we're getting a semi pro team, and they would really like to make a splash by signing Bryce Harper. And Scott will say, well, you know, Bryce has a great affinity for Fargo. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he gives 
And like when you do it, like in our place, everybody, one person has to go through the whole transcript and you just dole it out. Uh, Angels, here's something for your beat writer. Uh, Red Sox, here's something for you. It's, uh, it's, it's incredible. You know, sometimes I think maybe we shouldn't give him the oxygen, but this is what we do. We cover the sport and he's the most powerful, one of the most powerful people in the sport. Well, let me ask you this, uh, in, in terms of the possibility of him returning to Washington, knowing what this free agent market has been like and played through through the last couple of years, is that big time deal going to be out there? And I don't necessarily mean money, but I'm talking about in terms of length of deal as well. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's. I mean, we don't have 26 year old free agents very much, right? So uh, I, I just think I think it's the point. He won't do it, but if he just gives a team a number, mm-hmm. that he's going to hit that number. And I don't know what the number is. You mean, you mean longer than ten years, right? I mean, he's right. going to get ten years. Yeah. And, do- and and if Scott Scott, let's say Scott goes to the learners, and he gets ten years, three hundred fifty million, and then he asks for a couple of out years. Right. <laughs> I'd say to him, well, we'd like a couple of out years too, buddy boy. It's uh, it's astonishing amount of money, and uh, and it's it's I'm not kidding. Nobody can say. He's not worth it because the game is generating all kinds of revenues and all of that. What's, and what, uh, you haven't asked me about the Orioles yet. Well, we, no, we, 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 we and we've will. only got about four or five minutes. Let me let me get well, to a couple uh, quick look, things. Uh, let uh, me get to a couple okay. quick things. Was the most shocking turn of events this week Andrew McCutcheon's three-year contract at fifty million? No, I think I think if you go inside the numbers and look, this is still a really good baseball player. I mean, has he is he what he was in 2012? Maybe not, but he's he you, he's a guy that analytics helps. I mean, the guys I talk to are are in love with the guy still. He's well, his own base a, percentage is still very high. Yeah, he's an impact guy. He, what does Adam Jones? Game. What does Adam Jones get then if McCutcheon got? I that? saw Adam this week. By the way, yeah. he was at the baseball assistance team breakfast. And that's a good cause. Uh, what does he get? I don't know. I think he's going to have to wait, you know, for Pollock, for Michael Brantley, and yep. those guys to come off the market. All right, let's talk Baltimore. How, did, yeah. well, how well did John and Lewis get 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 it done with hiring Mike Elias and Sig Meidel? Well, the um, the press conference announcing Mike. Somebody wrote this. This is like the, it was not a co- an introduction to Mike. It was an introduction to John and Lou as well, yeah. and they came off great. I talked to Jim Henneman in Vegas, and he said, can you believe it? You know, like a lot of us, like I know John. Uh, I don't know Lewis at all, and but they were so impressive, and it's like they get it. And they have hired, let me just tell you, whatever you thought of the Orioles before, I know an, an NFL GM that went and spoke to the Orioles and came away not impressed in terms of they were not foreign they were not invested in analytics and Mm -hmm. international scouting and he thought the next gm has got a world of work to do i think john and lewis understand that they've hired a brilliant brilliant man and the only reason sig Dell is there is that he's for people don't know he worked for lockheed martin he's truly a rocket scientist jeff luno lured to st louis and then to houston he wants a chance to build something all over again the astros and other teams have had a, a, a vision down the road that you would have an analyst in uniform. Tampa Bay, I think, is going to have that this mm-hmm. year. And Sig was in uniform last year in rookie ball to getting a ground-level view of players and coaches and managers and vice versa. Uh, Sig wants to do it all over again. It, there is no 
and Milwaukee's pretty good, and Houston, and L.A., and Tampa Bay, but there's no front office going to be any better than Baltimore. And uh, it's going to take some time, but a lot of this first year is going to be infrastructure, yep. just setting things up, hiring analysts, and and all of that. But I am I'm so excited for Mike Elias because he is such he's such a people person. He's an, he's an inspirational guy, and Sig is one of the best people I've ever known. He is funny. Last year he said that to one of us, "Hey, stop making it seem like I'm so important. People that are important don't park in the B lot." <laughs> How about how about how did they do now with their first managerial hire? He fits. He's the prototype. He, yeah. you, what you're looking for is Kevin Cash, AJ Hinch, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Roberts. You're looking for a guy. People skills first, first and foremost. Comfortable managing up. That's collaboration with the front office, managing down, and to be able to take that avalanche of data. And how do you? It, we know what the there's there's mountains of information on the way and come more coming every day. But how do you translate it to the players? How do you get a player to have all that information and still step into the batter's box with a clear mind? And that's what they're still working through. But it's not data. It's not just numbers now. It's study of the human body. Injury prevention is mm-hmm. the next frontier. The Brewers just opened a performance center at their complex in Arizona. Like, how do we study what works this and mental skills coach and all of that. It's an unbelievably fascinating time to be involved. And now the Orioles, I promise you, they're going to be on the cutting edge of everything because Mike and Sig have a vision of of things that we couldn't even imagine 10 years ago. Real quick before we let you go, do you have any insight into Brandon Hyde, who you think he could reach out to to be part of his uh, coaching staff? It won't be Brandon reaching out. It'll be a collaboration. Okay. And uh, no, I don't. I, I don't know. But you know, he, he's forty-five years old. He's worked in player development. Um, it's what do you want? What do you want? And look, look at what Tampa Bay just hired. They, they hired a mental skills guy, a director of analytics process, and all of that. And uh, you'll see people. You'll see young people walking around Camden Yards now, who. Uh, <laughs> Who uh, have uh, advanced degrees and uh, and uh, MIT and math and as Stan, you and I spent a few hours. It's things that Bertie Tebbets couldn't have imagined. I know, I know. <laughs> hey, Richard, we really appreciate your coming on. We're uh, late for a break, and we got to get out of here. I'm going to do this in my best Mike Messina question yeah. answer. Go ahead, okay, yeah. Richard. When uh, when the uh, Hall of Fame comes out. In middle of January, we'll get you back on the show. Thanks, Moose. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Richard. Happy holidays Bye. to you, Marty, and the kids.